Good evening, a warm welcome to the service this evening. We're going to begin this time of worship. Yene will lead us in prayer in Gaelic, please. Ye Grashver, I guess a little naive. At the Hashin Crane call the show, as an inner show, and Och Kanish and Moha Ledivianach, Gaha Akin, you be crane call the Hale. Braden, I guess Perikin, the Secretive. Savalje, Alanatje Fernachil, Wolloch Orn, Fernachil Kunosupi, Aunavichin. Mar a hashin in draste. Because hashin a kainachig, and draum in tierna aha at yanav, in urut, hashin hain of yachin riyanav in draste, ach, on a seachig gumakuma iter yadatje. Yet's an half a kir lenaving, yet's an half a fuse kunostupehe, in draste hain, shachkuvil at their son, enem chrieste a glorachig, agus urig iyanav. Hashin ho pianichi for a vilchin, agus hashin ho tuotok, ho trik. Ich <laughs> Es kommt bei der Lastrig an ihn. Als eine Gurni Spirit neu, kommt bei der Kurfate, Vater er Arkulov, wenn ich ihn habe, du hast doch gewiss Burgis Jachorn, dass er wie Torstarnare er Fallav, und wenn ich ihn Spirit will haben, ich fühle schon nur Heat, ich komme bei der Nare Ost. Ich komme bei der Eralienig, Le Tixche, Le Intes, Le Glor, Schachger, Le Glor, wo er hat schon. Als eine Gurni, das ist eine Tjachger, der er. Asar kion in och gedist önaichele, igesatze heihen, toschgein, doch gol kumpio ganjastoch kumpio kahokalenarsch, igis kumpio falachkin, gewelet jane wuperin wulte karirev, igis kumpio kachlach gana toys sonritje, erschon tschachkrach gehukuga, jane von folaschgein. Asch in de keinige, enja enja ha. Eden lekker schiers het raast, jaatsen naar haar chain, jaatsen naar haar. Ik heb thuis toch nog heel kommersachtig, weet je, een kander in de nacht, dus als je kan kijken, als je kan kijken, kun je zo'n richtje schoonen. Ik is een lion derwe, een hechtje het raast. Als je een koning komt bijheen, morgen ligt de laarig, kander die, als je een koning komt hierig, hechtje kudjeig, lion derwe, dus dulig. Ik is stoch met de gla, aha, ik heb het duurlijk rond bekudig. Ik ga zo'n koorni en levianetje kopieert morgen, ik wil ze aan en ze vian. Ik is zo'n tankel, kette wa, en ze je geoorwezig, nede geet zo'n daasje, nede ga zo'n vechtkin, maar wou heen aan, gero heen en saas, en ze hulerutter, ze kutte hager en hulekar. Wou heen aan, en ze zo'n tolletje, en ze tankel, je graas, voor de wikur erbs en het jee, aha, kummelen maag, zul, geer, er haar sonje. Als je een koorni atse had, het al tro, aumige zegig, maar zo haast, komt bij enem en tjerne, in de hoek aan de naarste, is het een glorigig. Als je een koenigig, iatse na haar stoge, in de lekkerschies, le tremeintje, iatse na haar vallachke, na gelaatje achke, aan een jaklus, maar zo. Als je een koorni, trot de spirit, komt bij u een koperare, is komt bij het mogelijke, wil u een keurige maker, zonne hulletinje, en gaan je een zegige haakke. Als je een koning hebt, dan is het een koning. Als je een koning hebt, dan is het een koning. 
Amen. Amen. If you could turn, please, in your Bibles to Habakkuk chapter 3, and we'll read the whole of this, this chapter. A prayer of Habakkuk the prophet on Shagoinath. Lord, I have heard of your fame. I stand in awe of your deeds, O Lord. Renew them in our day. In our time make them known, and wrath remember mercy. God came from Timan, the Holy One from Mount Paran, Selah. His, gro- his glory covered the heavens, and his praise filled the earth. His splendor was like the sunrise, rays flashed from his hand, where his power was hidden. Plague went before him, pestilence followed his steps. He stood and shook the earth. He looked and made the nations tremble. The ancient mountains crumbled, and the age-old hills collapsed. His ways are eternal. I saw the tents of Cushan in distress. The dwellings of Midian in anguish. Were you angry with the rivers, O Lord? Was your wrath against the streams? Did you rage against the sea when you rode with your horses and your victorious chariots? You uncovered your bow. You called for many arrows. Selah. You split the earth with rivers. The mountains saw you and writhed. Torrents of water swept by. The deep roared and lifted its waves on high. Sun and moon stood still in the heavens at the glint of your flying arrows, at the lightning of your flashing spear. In wrath you strode through the earth, and in anger you threshed the nations. You came out to deliver your people, to save your anointed one. You crushed the leader of the land of wickedness. You stripped him from head to foot, Selah. With his own spear you pierced his head, when his warriors stormed out to scatter us, gloating as though about to devour the wretched who were in hiding. You trampled the sea with your horses, churning the great waters. I heard, and my heart pounded. My lips quivered at the sound. Decay crept into my bones, and my legs trembled. Yet I will wait patiently for the day of calamity to come on the nation invading us, though the fig tree does not bud, and there are no grapes on the vines. Though the olive crop fails, and the fields produce no food, Though there are no sheep in the pen and no cattle in the stalls, yet I will rejoice in the Lord. I will be joyful 
in God my Savior. The Sovereign Lord is my strength. He makes my feet like the feet of a deer. He enables me to go on to the heights for the director of music on my stringed instruments. Amen. And may God bless that reading of his word to us. If you could turn back, please, and I to Habakkuk chapter 3. As we go back there, we'll, we'll pray. Um, continue to pray for Shona. I heard Ian uh, praying uh, for Shona in the prayer, although I never got the full grasp of, of everything that was being said. But uh, the, the update this afternoon is that uh, Shona is slightly better uh, today again. Still very confused, but she's awake for longer lengths of, of time. Uh, so it's positive. It's a long, it's a long road and continue to, to pray for her. So let's uh, pray as we turn back to, to God's word. Heavenly Father, we thank you for your word and we thank you that this is the, the means through which you speak to us. We look around us in the creation and we see, uh, we see a reflection of your glory and your power and your splendor. You speak to us all uh, through your creation. But we recognize that you speak to us more clearly uh, through your word. And we thank you that we have this passage in front of us this evening. And although it's a passage that was written many thousands of years ago uh, in a place far from here, we thank you for the, revelant, the, the relevance and uh, the application of your word to us in every age and every generation and every place. So open our ears, we pray, that we, we may hear uh, what you have to say to us. And Lord, we thank you that uh, in every passage that we come to in your word, we are pointed to the Lord Jesus, the word made flesh. And we thank you for uh, your son and our saviour, uh, the Lord Jesus. We thank you uh, day by day and hour by hour for uh, the grace that comes to us through him, uh, for the cross uh, that he went to to pay the price for our sin, for the old, old story that never gets old, that story of God's love for us and the redemption offered to us in Christ from our sin. Uh, so help us, we pray, to have our eyes and our ears uh, fixed upon and open to the, the voice of Jesus. And Lord, we, we thank you that you are the God who not only speaks to us, but who listens to us. We thank you for the gift of prayer and for the, the lessons about prayer that we are taught through Habakkuk. We thank you that as we uh, pray, we are able to, to speak to you and you hear us. We thank you that you help us as we call upon your name, as we cry out to you. We thank you that we can uh, find that intimacy with you when we linger in your presence and uh, when we speak to you in prayer. And we thank you that we can carry those that we love and those that we care for and are concerned for uh, to you in prayer. And we pray especially for Shona tonight again. We thank you for uh, a positive day on balance. Uh, we thank you, Lord, for uh, the the strength, the increased strength from the earlier part of the week that she has just now. And Lord, although there is confusion, we, we pray that you would be working, that you would be clearing her mind, that you would be increasing her strength. We pray that you would be pushing back uh, the infection. And Lord, that uh, your hand of healing would be upon her. But in the midst of all this, especially Lord, we pray that she would know your presence, your peace, that she would know that you are with her uh, throughout everything. And we pray on for her family, uh, that each one of them would know that you are God and that you are with them in the midst of all uh, that is so turbulent at this time in their lives. We pray for others, Lord, that we're aware of in hospital just now. Uh, you know their situations. You know the name uh, of each person that's in our mind's eye. And we ask, Lord, that your hand would be upon 
uh, them as well. We pray that you would work in each one of our lives as we bow before you just now in this place. Uh, we thank you that you know our worries, our anxieties, our burdens, our needs. And we ask, Lord, that you would meet us at the point of our need. We thank you that you've given us the desire and the opportunity to be here. And we pray for those who are not here, uh, not because they're sick or not because they're uh, tied up with responsibilities uh, for this day, but uh, those who have no desire, uh, those who would rather sit at home or uh, would rather do something else. Uh, we ask, Lord, that you would work uh, in their hearts. Uh, we ask, Lord, that you would strive uh, with those who may be drifting from you, that you would call them to come back close uh, with you once more. And we thank you that we have that assurance that when we come to you or when we return to you, you will never push us away, but you will always uh, receive us. So we pray for any who are, who are drifting from you, that you would draw them back, as we pray that you would draw our nation back. Uh, we echo the prayer uh, of Habakkuk, uh, that you would revive your work in the midst of the years, that in wrath, the wrath that we recognize that we are due because of our, our waywardness and our sin, uh, we pray that in wrath you would remember mercy, uh, that you would have mercy upon us as a nation. Hear our prayers and help us as we open your word and we ask all this in Jesus' name and for his sake. Amen. Habakkuk uh, chapter 3. Habakkuk chapter 3. Uh, we've been going through this book for the last few weeks. We're uh, on sermon 3 of 3. I think we'll finish uh, this book tonight. And um, the question I want to, to begin with tonight is just that question of, of um, who is Habakkuk? Uh, three chapters in, we're at the end of the book. It's the only book that we have that has Habakkuk's name. His name is only mentioned twice in the Bible, chapter 1, chapter 3. But who actually is Habakkuk? And we're sometimes, when we're in, in these kind of conversations, whether it's you know, having a cup of tea at the end of the service or we're meeting someone for the first time, uh, very often they'll, uh, they'll say to us, well, you know, what's your name? And tell me a little bit about yourself. Sometimes you go to these, these kind of functions and there'll be a, a kind of ice-breaking thing and, and someone will say, let's, let's all go around the room and let's just say our names and a wee bit about ourselves. I hate it. Don't ever ask me to do it. But what do you say when you're asked these kind of questions? Well... You give your name, you maybe say something about where you, where you come from, which for some of us is straightforward, for somebody like me it's very complicated, it's a, a bit of a, a labour-intensive question. We might talk about uh, what we do for work and whether we've got family or whether we're teachers or uh, whether we you know, are working at sea or whatever it is. We, we give these kind of details just to give an impression of, of who we are, but who's Habakkuk? We still don't know that much. Uh, we don't know how old he is. We don't know uh, if he's married or if he has a family. Uh, we don't know what his hobbies are. We don't know what football team he supports. We don't know what he looks like. We don't know very much. But what do we know? Well, we know three things, and that'll be our first three points. Uh, we know, first of all, that he's a man of prayer. And we know, secondly, uh, that he's a prophet. Uh, we know, thirdly, we learn tonight in chapter three that he's a, a praise leader. To who's Habakkuk? Well, he's a man of prayer, uh, he's a prophet, and he's a praise leader. And so we'll take these three points as the first three, and then uh, we'll take the final point, and we'll look at the, the praise, the psalm uh, that Habakkuk has composed, uh, because that's what makes up the, uh, the, the main section within the, within the chapter. So first of all, Habakkuk, he's a, he's a man of prayer. Habakkuk, the man of prayer, the 
The first verse of chapter 3 uh, begins uh, with, that, with, with that clear statement. This is a prayer of, of Habakkuk. That's the introduction. Uh, we're going to be led in prayer by Habakkuk. And uh, what follows in verse 2 uh, through to uh, verse 19 is, is a prayer. So Habakkuk, in this, in this little book, uh, he lives out what the Apostle Paul exhorts us to in 1 Thessalonians 5, 17. You know, six or seven hundred years before the Apostle Paul writes this statement, Habakkuk is living out this exhortation. He prays without ceasing. Because whether we look at uh, Habakkuk 1 or Habakkuk 2 or Habakkuk 3, he's in the posture of prayer. Every single chapter, every place that we find him, uh, he is, he's in prayer. remember visiting a, a minister uh, in Loch Carran, Kenny Ban, as many of you will have heard of him. And uh, he was coming towards the end of his life. He's in glory now. And uh, you would go in to visit him or we'd go in to visit him and... Uh, You'd have a conversation with him uh, where he would speak to you and he'd answer your questions. But he was constantly drifting uh, in and out of prayer. He never really drifted out of prayer. He'd be speaking to you for a minute, but then he'd drift off and he'd be speaking to the Lord. There was never an amen. He was just constantly in prayer. Now, somebody would ask him to pray. You know, after a long time, his wife would say, she'd kind of pat him on the knee and say, Kenny, Kenny, they, 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 need, to, they need to leave. He was always in prayer. And Habakkuk, he's, he, he's always in prayer. He saturates everything that is going through his mind uh, with, with prayer. When Farrakhan spoke about the Holiday Club uh, a couple of Wednesdays ago, he gave us a wee update on, he gave us a few observations, the things that he saw, the games, the drama, the memory verse, the, the teaching. And what Farrakhan said was, uh, all this stuff, everything that's going on, it needs to be saturated with prayer. And, and that's what Habakkuk was saying. He, he's looking out on the, that the land that he's part of. He's looking out at God's people. He's looking at the state of Judah. He's seeing how far the, the people who, who, who claim the name of the Lord uh, as, as being the people of the Lord, he, he sees how far they've drifted from the Lord. And he's got the news uh, from the Lord of this impending attack from Babylon. And so with all the weight of this and all the anxiety that's wrapped up in this, he, he takes everything to the Lord in prayer. He saturates everything. That's going through his mind and on his heart, he saturates it in prayer. So he's a man of prayer. And when you consider the actual plot line of the book, somebody used to ask you, what actually happens in Habakkuk in terms of the story, the events? Nothing really happens in terms of outward action. Habakkuk, he, he's burdened for the nation with a burden that the Lord gives him. He, he, he prays. It's all that happens in the book. Habakkuk, when he, he learns about the, the, the state of the nation and what's to come, he, he doesn't stand for political office to try and bring change. He stands in the watchtower uh, in prayer. And Habakkuk, when he learns of, of the, the Babylonians who are, who are coming to invade, he, he doesn't call on the name of all the powerful people of his day. He doesn't call for a cobra meeting with all the top politicians. He simply calls in the name of the Lord. And Habakkuk, as he mulls over the, all that's to come. He doesn't complain to all his friends and all his colleagues. He doesn't phone around everyone he knows to lament all that was going on and all that was to come. He doesn't take to, to, to social media and, and spill all his worries and concerns over, over social media. His complaint, his lament, his worries, they're all brought to the Lord in prayer. It's just Habakkuk and the Lord. 
He's a man of prayer. So let's not miss that point. Habakkuk was a man of prayer. That's what we know about him. And he's an example to us because we are called to be men and women and boys and girls of, of prayer. Because much of what was going on in Judah uh, in, in 600 BC is going on in Scotland today because just as they were drifting from God, we are drifting from God and have been for a long time. So we're in the same environment, spiritually speaking. And so Habakkuk teaches us to pray and to pray and to pray and to pray. He's a man of prayer. Robert Murray McShane said this, and I quote, he says, What a man is on his knees before God, that he is, and nothing more. What a man or a woman or a boy or a girl is on their knees before God, that's what they are, that's what we are, and nothing more. And we could apply that to a congregation and say what a congregation is. In the place of prayer before God, that's what we are and nothing more. We can have clubs, we can have activities, we can have programs, we can have all kinds of stuff going on. But our primary calling is to be people of prayer. So Habakkuk, he's the, he's the man of prayer. The second thing we see about Habakkuk is we ask the question, who is he? Is, uh, he's, he's the prophet. Uh, he's a, a prophet. So still in verse 1, we are told by way of introduction, this is a prayer of Habakkuk the the prophet. And so we're given an explanation here as to to who he was, what he was called to by by the Lord. Uh, The word in the Hebrew uh, means that he was a spokesperson. He was a speaker. Uh, He he was called to, to, to speak out God's word. And that was his responsibility, that was his calling, that was uh, what he gave himself to. He's, he's a bit like an Old Testament John the Baptist. Uh, John the Baptist, as we think about him, he's, he's never drawing attention to himself. John the Baptist is never phoning up the, the local paper uh, and asking them to come round and take a photograph with this big congregation. He, he's never uh, looking for PR that would draw attention to himself and what he's doing. John never spoke about John. John only spoke about Jesus. He never said, look at me. Let me tell you what I'm doing. Let me tell you what I think. Let me give you my thoughts on the world. John just spoke the word of God uh, fearlessly. Uh, he spoke the word of God. He was, the, he was the last, he was the greatest prophet. Perhaps his, his greatest line is that line that we find where uh, he uh, says to one of his disciples, he, Jesus, must increase and I, John, must decrease. And when you have a person like John the Baptist, or when you have a person uh, like Habakkuk, who, who's not thinking about himself, who's not telling us about himself, who's not always drawing attention to himself, but it's is just speaking out God's word, God can use a person like that. So in terms of application uh, for ourselves in a culture, uh, we're in a culture which is absolutely obsessed with self, Things that we would have shied away from in previous generations. We're, we're all over today. We're in a culture that encourages us, us to, to think and speak about self. To lift up self at every given opportunity. That's our culture. But our mission, our challenge, the, the, the example that Habakkuk gives us to follow is, is that we're to be people who think little and speak little about ourselves. But rather we, we take every opportunity to be, to be speakers for God. We don't have to have a, a pulpit to be people who, who, who tell out the old, old story of Jesus and his love.
So Habakkuk, he's a, he's a man of prayer. Habakkuk uh, is, is a prophet of God. He speaks for God. We are called to be people of prayer. We're called to be people uh, who will not draw attention to ourselves, but will point to Jesus. We'll tell people about Jesus. And the third thing we learn here is that Habakkuk uh, is a, a praise leader. Uh, Habakkuk, uh, the, the praise leader, that's the third thing we, we see about him. Uh, still in verse 1. Don't worry, we're going to speed up. The last section will we'll move very quickly through. Habakkuk, the, the praise leader. A prayer of Habakkuk, the prophet, on Shagoinoth. We've not got too many boys and girls here tonight. We've got a few. Shagoinoth. Shagoinoth. Tell me, what, what, what does that mean? Put your hand up and, and tell me if you, if you know what Shagoinoth means. Any guesses? Not a clue. Any of the PhDs here going to give it a bash? No. Oh, Kenny. Just joking. The term Shagoinoth is a, a term that um, nobody knows what it means. Because the more commentaries you read, the more uh, clearly you understand that nobody really knows what it, what it means. Uh, we can have a guess as to what it might mean. It, it might be a tune. It might be a, a, a note about the tempo uh, of the tune or the way this is to be sung. Um, the title of Psalm 7 uses a similar word. Uh, it's, uh, uh, the psalm is introduced by, as being a, 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 shig, a shigayon of David, which is not quite there, but it's quite close. So shigayonoth, shigayon, they're, they're thought to be terms uh, that give some kind of musical direction, a kind of musical notation, whether it's the tune or the rhythm. Uh, it's a, a term that indicates that what we have here uh, from verse 2 to verse 19, it's, it's a prayer, yes, but it's also a poem, it's a song, it's a psalm. And Habakkuk 3, as we step through it, it's, it's very personal, uh, as, as many prayers are, but it's not private. Habakkuk chapter 3 uh, and this prayer, this song, it's not something that's been stolen out of uh, the, the back of Habakkuk's journal, uh, some secret page that he's hidden away in a bottom drawer. No, Habakkuk has made clear in verse 19 that he intends that this prayer, this song, uh, be sung. Habakkuk says, pass this on, verse 19, to the director of music. Give us to Angus McKellar, give us to Adam. Make sure they have it. He says, bring out my stringed instruments. That's a controversial one. We're going to sing this prayer, this psalm, and praise the Lord. So Habakkuk, as he comes to chapter 3, and as he composes this psalm, this prayer, this song, uh, he's, he's leading the people in praise. And, and just two passing applications just as we, as we move on from this. The first thing is just very straightforward. It's okay sometimes to write a prayer. This is a written prayer. And sometimes it's okay to write a prayer. This is not a, a prayer that's just suddenly come uh, to Habakkuk. We're going to see here that this is a prayer that's come from Habakkuk sitting down and thinking very carefully through salvation history. He's composed this prayer very slowly uh, and thoughtfully. And sometimes it's okay to write a prayer. Uh, some people struggle to, to pray in, in an extemporary way. I think if we're honest, most of us do. Certainly I do. And if we're struggling, sometimes it's okay to write a prayer. I remember hearing a story, I think it was a man in Inverness, if I remember rightly, and um, it took him a, a long time to come forward and profess his faith, and the reason was he was terrified to pray. But eventually he did profess his faith, and eventually he ended up in a prayer meeting. And so what did he do when he got to the prayer meeting? 
But when it came to his turn to pray, he, he went into his top pocket and he took out a wee bit of paper and he unfolded it and he, he read out this prayer. In the afternoon he would come before the Lord and he would ask for a prayer in the evening if he was called on or if uh, there was an open prayer time up he would get and take out his bit of paper. He wasn't hiding it behind his, his Bible or anything. He would just he would pray what the Lord gave him. Sometimes it's okay to write a prayer. And the second thing we can take by, by way of application here is... Uh, Habakkuk teaches us that it's, it's right uh, and it's important to, to sing, even when we're sad. Remember the, the musical, and there was a song in the, in the musical, uh, We're Singing in the Rain. I can't remember what the, the film was, but there was that song, that famous song where they're dancing around on a rooftop in the rain with umbrellas. We're singing in the rain. Well, Habakkuk, you could say he's singing in the rain. Things are not good in Judah. God has said that things are about to get worse. The clouds are about to burst. Things are going to get darker. And all that is troubling Habakkuk. And we'd expect to, to find him uh, subdued, quietly troubled. But as the Holy Spirit leads him, he sings. He says to the director of music, get organized, get ready. Get out the stringed instruments. Get the people into the, the posture of praise. We're going to praise the Lord. So Habakkuk, he's, he's a man of prayer, he's a prophet, and he's a praise leader. And an application for us. Maybe the next time uh, we are hit with a, a, a wave of providence and we, we think uh, one morning when we're facing the day, everything's just going wrong. Maybe the next time we're, we're troubled and we just feel uh, like everything's going wrong and we're anxious and we're preoccupied, we're worried about how we're going to pay the next bill. Uh, we're anxious about our health or uh, about the health of a loved one. Uh, we're, we're grieved about the hardness of heart that we see uh, in someone in our, our family. We, we feel overwhelmed by the state of the nation. Rather than going silent, let's sing. Pick up the psalm book and your guitar. Pick up an old hymn book and sing praises to God. Habakkuk, the praise leader. Habakkuk, the man of prayer. Habakkuk, uh, the prophet. And finally, uh, we come to Habakkuk's psalm. And I'm not going to take time and step through and exegete every verse of, of this psalm. I really just want to read it with you. The psalm, it divides into to three, three sections, which kind of gives us a, a, a helpful guide on, on, on how, we, how we step through the psalm. Uh, the first thing Habakkuk does in verse 2 is he makes his approach to God. He sings as he makes his approach to God. That's verse 2. And then from uh, verse 3 down to uh, verse uh, 13, Habakkuk, he, he just steps through all the acts of God, all the amazing things that God has done in, in the history of the nation, where he's saved them, when he's rescued them, where he's, he's revealed to them his wonder and his glory. So it's the, the approach to God, and then uh, there's the acts of God that Habakkuk remembers, and he finishes up uh, the, the psalm with just a statement from his own heart uh, as he expresses his adoration of God. So the approach to God, first of all, verse 2. Lord, I have heard of your fame. I stand in awe of your deeds, O Lord. Renew them in our day. In our time, make them known. In wrath, remember mercy. That's how Habakkuk approaches God. And our approach is, is such a key thing. For those who, who step on, on planes this week, the, the approach the pilot takes to the to the runway as they prepare to land is a key thing because if the approach isn't right everyone on board is in danger 
approaches an, an important thing. Even in the, the mundane conversations that we have day by day, uh, the way that we approach each other, whether it's gently or aggressively, it determines the whole tone of a conversation. The approach is an important thing. And the way Habakkuk approaches God is, is something that we have to note. How, how does he approach God? Well, he's reverent. He's not casual. He's reverent as he approaches God. He's in, he's in awe of the fame and the glory and the wondrous works of God. And he says that in his approach. He looks up to the, the wonder and the glory and he has a sense of awe of who God is. God is big and he is small. So there's a reverence in his approach and there's repentance in his approach. Because he comes asking for mercy. You only ask for mercy if you know that you're a sinner who's in need of mercy. And so on behalf of his people. Uh, he comes asking that God will remember mercy. And he comes asking for revival. He says to the Lord in the, in the midst of the years, revive your work. And there's a great lesson for us there uh, on how we are to come to God. We're to come reverently, not casually, not flippantly. Not full of ourselves, but empty of self. And looking to the wonder and the glory of God. We're to come uh, with repentance. Because we are sinners and God is holy. And we're to come looking for that, that revival, that reviving uh, of our own hearts, in our own island, in our own nation. So we see Habakkuk's approach to God. And then from verses 2 to verse 15, actually, uh, we see how Habakkuk, he, he just remembers uh, the, the acts of God. And I'm not going to read through all the, the verses. Time is gone. You can do that later. But... Um, Habakkuk is he's almost like sat down uh, for an afternoon and he's gone through the photograph album of the history of Israel. You know, sometimes we'll pull out old photographs album, we'll remember all the, the things and the events that we've experienced in our lives. And Habakkuk, he sat down and he's gone through salvation history. And he's thought about all the times that God uh, has come to uh, the, the help and the aid of his people. He's, one of the commentators' boys says, uh, speaking of verses 3 to 15, these verses deal with God's defense of the Jewish people when he led them out of Egypt, through the wilderness, and into the promised land. And you can see all that in these verses. There's references uh, to the, the, uh, the presence of God, the, the, the fire and the cloud as God led them uh, through the wilderness. There's references uh, to the plagues of Egypt in verse 4, as God unlocked the, the doors of Egypt so as people could escape. Uh, there's references to the, the, the conquest of Canaan in verse uh, 6. Uh, there, there's references, verses 8, 9, 10, uh, to the parting of the Red Sea, that amazing miracle. References to, to Joshua chapter 10 and verse 11. And, and so it goes on. Habakkuk, he sat down, he's thought through uh, all the acts of God. He's thought back through salvation history. He's thought about how, how big and how strong and how mighty God is. He's recalled all the, the, the gracious saving acts of God from, from days gone by. And he's not doing this so that God will be reminded of things that he's forgotten. God knows all this. Habakkuk is remembering all this because this is his expression of praise. He's speaking out of a thankful heart uh, for all that God has done for, for his people over the years. And yesterday... Still problems in Judah. But as Habakkuk remembers all the works of God, the acts of God, he's encouraged. As Habakkuk looks to the, the amazing acts of God, it's as if the, the problems in Judah shrink as his vision of the fame 
and the glory and the power of God grows. So how do we praise God when we don't feel like praising God? How can we praise God when it's, when it's raining and when we feel downcast in our souls? What is it that we have to do? Well, we have to lift our eyes from all that we know is wrong. And we have to look to the Lord and remember who he is and think about all the things that he has done. We can start in our own lives from the wee things that perhaps only we know about, the things that he's done even within our fellowship, things that he's done in the works of revival in these communities and in years gone by. We keep going on until we get to the cross, the resurrection, all that he has done in and through Christ. Because as we think about the acts of God, we see so much more than Habakkuk saw. We see Jesus, who is the anointed one of verse 13. Well, the anointed one is Jesus. Jonathan Lamb, the commentator, says the word anointed points to the true Messiah, Jesus Christ. At the cross, the Lord Jesus was our substitute. In bearing God's righteous anger, it was there that wrath and mercy met. God raised Jesus to life, or to use the language of verse 13, saved as anointed. So Jesus won the decisive battle over human sin, over all the cosmic hosts of wickedness. What Habakkuk described in his overwhelming vision was finally fulfilled in Christ, the victory of the Lord. So when we're not feeling like praising the Lord, we take our eyes off the problem, we take our eyes off ourselves, we fix our eyes on Jesus. There's the approach to God. There's the acts of God that Habakkuk uh, remembers and praises the Lord for. Uh, and finally, uh, Habakkuk, in the last four verses, he, he adores God. There's the adoration of God. And he, he shares his heart. Habakkuk, in the last few verses, he opens his heart. He, he shares his testimony. And he says in verse 16, I heard. He's prayed. God has spoken. He said, I heard. And my heart pounded. My lips quivered. At the sound, decay crept into my bones and my legs trembled. Yet I will wait patiently for the day of calamity to come upon the nation invading us. Then there's this amazing uh, profession at the end. He says, though the fig tree does not bud and there are no grapes on the vines, though the olive crop fails and the fields produce no food, though there are no sheep in the pen and no cattle in the stalls, Yet I will rejoice in the Lord. I will be joyful in God my Saviour. The Sovereign Lord is my strength. He makes my feet like the feet of a deer. He enables me to go on to the heights. And remember, as we finish, nothing has changed in Judah. There is still fear about the future. There is still a, a sense of dread about all that is to come in terms of the invasion of Babylon. But Habakkuk is trusting God. He's praising God. And even though nothing has changed circumstantially, he has changed. His heart has changed. He's gone from fear to faith. He's gone from worry uh, to worship. And I hope as we've stepped through this little book with him, uh, we've been guided along that same path. We'll pray. Heavenly Father, we pray that uh, we would indeed be able to take the words of Habakkuk on our lips and that they would come from our hearts as we finish. 
uh, we pray that we would be able to say, uh, though there's no money in the bank, uh, though there's no uh, prospects of work, though there's no uh, assurance of, of health and strength, though all these things are gone, though, although politically things are a mess, although the nation is still a cause of great alarm to us, yet we will praise you, we will trust you, and we will rejoice in who you are, uh, what you have done in Christ, and what you will continue to do as we wait for the day when Christ returns. Help us, we pray in Jesus' name. Amen. And now may the grace of the Lord Jesus Christ, the love of God the Father, and the fellowship of God the Holy Spirit be with us all now and forevermore. Amen.